Thank you for listening to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast from Asheville, North Carolina. For more information on Trinity Baptist Church, please visit tbcashville.org. Or to learn more about our senior pastor, Dr. Ralph Sexton, please visit ralphsextonministries.com. The speaker for today is our senior pastor, Dr. Ralph Sexton. Take your Bible this Sunday morning and turn with me, if you would, to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter number 1. And I'd like for you to think with me this Sunday morning about joy in serving Jesus. Joy in serving Jesus. We're living in a confused world for sure. And we're living in a culture that seems to be feeding upon itself. We seem to be circling in so many uh, symptomatic ways the drain of what is ethical and moral and has value for families and homes. And if you're not careful, just because of the world we're in, you will be affected by all the news that you hear and see and the confusion and the chaos. And if you're not careful, you'll almost feel like you've got a damper on your day when you get out of the bed. If you watch the news... And if you watch news too long, you'll feel like you need to take a shower. Uh, and, 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 and so what we need to understand is God said we're in the world, right? But we're not of the world. And that we have victory as people of faith. And so I want to present to you this question. Do you remember joy and the wonderful feeling that comes with being happy? And those uh, few moments that you have no worries and all your cares seem so small and joy just fills your heart. Those are happy moments when they come. They're available in life. Winston and Miranda kidnapped me this week and took me away for three or four days. And uh, I don't even remember Thursday. Every time I sat down, I went to sleep. I just, I kicked out of gear. I forgot you had that gear. And... Uh, but it feels good. It's refreshing, and it, it, it feels good. And those are happy moments, and then moments of laughter. And Brother Doug, we used to sing a song, If you want joy, real joy, wonderful joy, then what do you need to do? Let Jesus come into your heart. And uh, we used to sing about that. Uh, and then we had another song. Uh, it's sort of been picked up by the world, but we used to sing it at church. Uh, you are my sunshine. Remember? That was just a, a, a song of joy and happiness. And we used to sing about you are my sunshine. And the, be happy and celebrating life and being together. But if you feed upon all the news and the headlines and uh, if you try to balance your checking account, uh, those are things that can change your smile in a hurry. Uh, when you end up with more month than you do money. And then uh, I, I was, uh, my heart was broken for the precious family across the border there in South Carolina this week, precious little girl. Uh, and those, those are horrible situations of missing children and loss of life. And we have empathy for them. Uh, we, we, we have no way of knowing the terror and the horror. 
but we, we can pray for them, and I tried to, and I know that you did as well. Uh, but if I'm not careful, uh, I'll allow all of that coming in all the time, and it'll just sort of put a damper on your, your walk with the Lord, and you'll almost walk around with a defeated attitude. And we've got to protect our marriages. Listen, your marriage is the strength of your life. And the marriage of, these, of our church, that's the foundation of Trinity. And if the devil can't get all of us to quit and go back to the world, he'll try to chip away at our marriages. He'll try to separate husbands and wives. He'll try to get you to feel negatively towards the spouse, whoever it may be, a wife or a husband. And what's he doing? It's just spiritual warfare. It's to divide the family of faith, get you away from what really matters, serving the Lord. And one of the things that we hear sometimes in marriage counseling is that I'm just not happy. I'm just not happy. I'm not happy anymore. I just don't like life anymore. And all of that's a game that the enemy of our soul plays. And you can have problems, you can have financial problems, you can have marriage problems, you can have a wayward son or daughter, somebody you love, a best friend. And if you're not careful, you're trying to give a little here, you're trying to help somebody here, you're trying to encourage someone over there. And if, if you turn around, there's no battery left. You've drained yourself. You don't have anything left because you're helping so many people. And it's not a bad thing to help people, but we've got to keep your battery recharged. You can't give away what you don't have. You've got to have somebody loving you and investing in you. And that, thankfully, we have the Lord. Well, the Apostle Paul, in the book of Philippians, he knew about joy. And he knew uh, that even when he was arrested, you remember, we've been going through the book of Acts, verse by verse, word by word. We just finished up Acts 16, and we're getting ready to have our fourth study in Acts 17. But rewind for a moment for Acts 16. You remember Paul and Silas get arrested. They get put in jail, and they're in the inner prison. But don't forget what happened in that inner prison. They had joy even when they were arrested. They were arrested at Philippi. They were beaten with rods. They were thrown in the inner prison. They had their feet locked in stocks, and they were battered, and they were bruised. But you know what they did? At midnight, can you imagine this? They just started singing. They started praising God. I'm not so sure I'd be in a singing mood. Now, I'm just being candid. Don't think you're so spiritual you'd want to sing either. Somebody just whipped you and beat you with a cane, locked you up, and now you're in chains and your feet in stock. I'd be pl planning some little uh, bit of payback if I could get out of there uh, because I, I wouldn't be in a happy mood. I wouldn't be in a singing mood. But the Apostle Paul and Silas, they knew about winning spiritually. And they had joy even at the midnight hour. Have you ever wondered why God put in the Bible the midnight hour? Because it was the darkest part of the day. That's what the, There's no sun. They're in the inner prison. There's no window anyway. But it's dark. It's quiet. You're all alone. And that's when your head begins to play mind games when you get by yourself. And you get alone. And then here it comes. And the mind games begin. Paul and Silas are in there. They're all alone. 
And here comes the mind game. And what, how did they handle the, the anxiety? How did they handle the panic? Nobody's coming to bail us out. How did they handle all of the stress that they're in? They began to quote scripture. They began to preach to each other. And they began to sing songs of praise. They had that joy, pure joy. The kind of joy that you only see uh, in kids. I don't know about you, but I love to watch kids that play because they're just so innocent and so happy. And, and they don't care just so uh, they get a scrape and uh, they get a hurt. They'll run up to mama, get a hug and a kiss and all's well and they're back to playing. They have a fight or a disagreement in the sandbox and one of them pushes the other one down. The other one throws a handful of sand. Mama separates them. And then three minutes later, they're building a road together. We get mad at church and throw sand, and then we won't speak to each other for a year. Uh, do you understand? It's because of joy that they're able to overcome the differences and the things that separate us. Joy, the, the pleasure of being with someone and playing is far greater than continuing to throw sand. And so what God's showing us in His Word is that there's an innocent joy there. And that's the kind of joy that you only see in children or in small mammals. All of us love kittens. Well, puppies anyway. But we all love puppies. Huh? And we all, there's nothing much cuter out in the pasture than a, than a baby calf, Right? And he's jumping, he's winding his tail up like a clock. You know, he's happy. And he's jumping for no reason other than he just ate and life is good. You know, he's just happy. And one of my favorite animals is the otter. Those baby otters, you know, they'll get in the water and they just twist, turn, dive, come up. And then when they get tired of playing, then it's time for lunch. And they got it down, man. They roll over on their back. And they put lunch right here on their little stomach and they'll eat that little fish or they'll eat a little mussel. And uh, I want to learn how to do that. I mean, <laughs> just, just, uh, I mean, just the happiness and the joy that comes with that. And you know what? Our Sundays ought to be filled with joy. Church ought to be filled with joy. It ought to be, we shouldn't walk into the house of God with a grim face. You may have a heartbreak, you may have a burden. At 815 church this morning, we had a family that drove all the way from Conover, North Carolina to go to church here. And they'd been watching online. And she said, this is our fourth Sunday driving up from Conover. We drive an hour and a half to come to church. And said, but we're going through the battle of our lives. She said, I want you all to pray for me. And she asked us to put her name on the prayer list. And uh, she's battling cancer for the second time. And she said... But I heard about this church. Listen to what she told me. I heard about this church at the cancer center. That this church loves people. And this church prays. And that this is a happy church. And she need, She said, I need some happy. What about that? What about that? You know, we need to, we need to have that testimony in the community that we love the Lord and we love each other and that we care about each other and that people can understand that life is so much better. We may have to go through hard places. We all do. You, may, you know, I was talking to Pastor Allen, Pastor Donnie earlier this morning, and I said, you know, fellas, 
our church has grown to the size that we don't go a week without bereavement. Isn't that something? Somebody in our church loses someone. Since Tuesday, we've had four deaths since Tuesday. Uh, and, and that's every week, every week. We, it's become so big that we have a board in our office, a remarkable board, because there's so many that we have to keep track of how many and who's lost a loved one this week. Isn't that something? And one of our sweet members, Kathy, she lost David this week, and we're praying for them and their heartache. You know, and you think about all the things that happen in life, and you need a place of refuge. You need a place of joy uh, that you can come, and you can be uh, re-strengthened and, and, and ask the Lord to encourage our hearts. If we're not careful we will allow the world to determine the weather of our soul. They'll give us the weather forecast every day. We'll wake up with overcast faces, with a forecast of dreary and depression, coming in the remainder of the day with a little chance of laughter and sunshine. And, and, but that's not the way God meant for the church to live. He said, I will be with you, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you even through the things you don't understand and you can't explain. Why am I going through this? Why is my family going through this? God said, I promise you, one day you'll understand. Just stay faithful. I thought about Mrs. Rice. I mentioned to uh, her to you a moment ago during our song service. And I thought about, you know what? If nothing else, was she not a picture of being faithful? Good times and bad times. And you know what? She always had a smile. I don't know. How could you have, be the mother to 11 children and still smile? I don't understand that. But, but she did. And, and, and she would have the sweetest smile when she would ha have Brother Olson that she found 20 bottles to return and get her $1. That was such a victory. I got a dollar to put in church. And that joy that comes with that. You know what sometimes we miss is the simple joys of life. Sometimes the joy is right there in your house. Sometimes it's one of your pets doing something funny. Sometimes it's one of your children or your other pet, your husband or your wife. You know, because they're always entertainment. And, and, and you know, and one thing that Musette was so good about is that every day we, we were able to laugh, even at the cancer center. We, we had a, a laugh. We always find something funny. And it got us through the good days and the bad days because life is good. When you love the Lord and you love each other, life is good. And we ought to celebrate that. We ought to live in that joy. And homes that have had laughter leave and joy, that once vital ingredient in a family life, it's, it's departed. Uh, the heart that seldom sings is a heart that will affect the smile on your face. If you don't have a singing heart, you won't smile very much. You say, Brother Ralph, I can't sing. I'm not talking about matching the notes on the sheet of music. I can't sing. I have enough sense to know that I can't sing. I'm reminded quite often by family members, just act like you're singing. And... You know, and I remember many times in the shower singing and there'd be a bar of soap hit the door or towel and I would hear a little sweet voice out here 
from heaven somewhere. Stick to preaching, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and that gentle reminder, you know. But the Bible, you know, the Bible doesn't talk about all you beautiful sopranos and your, your, your tenors and you mighty bass singers. There's no verses about you guys. But I'm in the Bible. He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And he's got us covered. He said, we can sing and make that happy sound because it's coming from your heart, not necessarily that it's on key or in the syncopated beat that is now written in because I like to make 4-4 four, four time out of everything. So, but here's what you've got to do. You've got to be able to praise the Lord and rejoice in what he's done. And if you're not careful, things will come into your life and you'll, you'll fall victim to the grace killers and the joy stealers and the faith crushers. And the book of Philippians has got all this covered. 104 verses. And listen, I'm going to give it to you. It's not long. It's very short. But the theme of the book of Philippians is the Christian life and joy. Christian life, joy. Christian life, joy. Christian life, joy. If you want to live a happy, successful Christian life, you've got to bring joy into that everything. Let me, let me give you a little bit of an idea. In chapter number one, if you're making notes or you're writing on the back of your bulletin, here it comes. Get ready because if God is sovereign, if God is God, and God is, then laughter fits life. I believe God has a sense of humor. I believe that. You say, well, how do you know? Have you ever looked in the morning when you get up and go to a mirror? God's got a sense of humor. I mean, I have paid entertainment. All I have to do is get out of bed and go to the mirror, and I go, oh, my Lord. And I get tickled. What is that? Well, I think that's you, Ralph. But we got a little work here to do. So, But we got to get a shave and comb that mop and brush your teeth and wash your face. You know what? God's got a sense of humor. How do I know? He let me live and he let you live. And so God loves us in our circumstances. Let me give you these things out of Philippians chapter 1. The first thing, if we outline this chapter, is there is joy in living. The first chapter of Philippians talks about there is joy in living. In Philippians chapter number 2, there is joy in serving. So the first chapter talks about joy in living. Second chapter talks about joy in serving. Now, what's the third chapter doing? The third chapter says, if you want real joy, wonderful joy, not only do I have that joy in living for the Lord Jesus Christ, chapter 1. Chapter 2, serving Him, there's joy in serving Him. But chapter 3, there's joy in sharing so I've got not only serving, but now I have sharing. God blessed you. God's given you things. And you know what? It feels good to be able to give something to someone else. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? I mean, you do that as a parent. You know, Winston, Pastor Winston, he used to just mow me down. I'd take him to Sky City. That's back in the good old days. And we would go to Sky City or we'd go to one of the department stores and they'd have all those toys. And I'd say, 
And I was, you know, he's a grandson, my first grandson. I'm going to buy him something, right? <laughs> and he knew that. He knew a matchbox car was coming or a little truck, you know. And so we'd walk through there and we'd stop and I'd say, look at all these toys. And he big eyed and all excited. And I'd say, would you like to have something? And he'd go, no, granddaddy, no. Too much monies. Too much. <laughs> Buy the whole shell. Just give. He's got the sweetest little heart. He knows it costs too much money. A buggy be stacked up. He is playing me like a fiddle. <laughs> too much monies, granddaddy. Huh? But you know what? Hey, life is full of happy times, memories, things that you make. And, and sometimes the little things will make the sweetest memory. And sometimes it's living for the Lord, doing what's right. Sometimes it's, it's actually serving Him, being a part. You think of the, the precious ladies that are working in the nursery today, taking care of babies so mom and dad can have a few minutes in church. Think of the people that parked our cars this morning out there in the cold. And they had a smile on their face and welcomed you to the house of the Lord. Think about the people that greeted you shaking your hand, the ushers, the greeters. Think about the people that served us coffee and pastries this morning. Had a smile on their face. Came early to get things ready for us. Boy, there's joy in serving, but there's also a joy in sharing and giving. And then the fourth one is in chapter number four. There's a joy in resting. And you know what that resting means? That means peace. There's a peace in serving the Lord. There's a joy in knowing your heart is at peace with God. You can go to bed tonight and there's nothing between my soul and my Savior. You can go to bed tonight. I'm not mad at anybody. I don't have all in my heart. I don't have a grudge against anybody. I've got peace. That's resting in the Lord. And God said, I want you to have that. You're going to need that. And, and listen, ladies and gentlemen, God said for us to smile. Let me give you four principles of joy. Write these down. I just gave you these uh, four chapters, but now let me give you four principles. For living joy, you're going to find it in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21. And look what the Lord says in Philippians 1, 21. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So that's the principle of joy. That's called living joy, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. All right, let's get principle number two. That's serving joy. And to, do, to have the right uh, attitude is the secret for serving the Lord. The right attitude. I want to help you right here. The devil will mess with your head. And he'll get you to think people are mad at you. People have aught in their heart against you. you. Listen, it cripples you. It cripples you at work. You can work for a secular person that's done the church goer, and you can get in your head, they've got it in for you, and, and it'll diminish your work ethic. You go to church and serve the Lord, and you go to work and serve the Lord. Be the best employee there. You say, well, I get the, the toughest assignments, I get the short end of the stick, then bless the Lord while you're down there. Make sure that everything that is supposed to be done is done better than anybody else because you love the Lord. 
and you do it as unto the Lord and you've got that testimony. And you find that in Philippians 2 and verse number 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. To have the right attitude, you've got to have the right mind. Number three, for uh, the pr third principle of joy is a life of joy. And you'll find that in uh, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then that is for uh, sharing a life of joy. Uh, you've got to have that reward, knowing what I'm working for. I'm not working for me. I'm not working for Trinity Baptist. I'm serving the Lord, and I'm doing it with joy. All right? And the fourth one is that peace, that resting joy. I need God's peace, which comes in a life surrendered to Him. Go to Philippians chapter 4 and look at verses 6 and 7. Listen to these words. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto the Lord. How did he say to pray? He said, when you pray, thank Him while you're praying. I don't want to treat God like a drive-in window. If you're not careful, we'll treat God like we're pulling up at a fast food restaurant. Give me a double cheeseburger, a large order of fries, a large Coke, and I think I need a Frosty to go with that same man right there. See? And if we're not careful, we'll go to church and we'll come in here or we'll have our devotion and we'll treat God like a fast food window. God, this, I need this, this, and this, and this. By the way, I love you. Have a good day, God. And we're just ordering. Paul said, you come and talk to him with thanksgiving. Spend the first part of your prayer life thanking him for what he's done for you. How he got you through the nightmare you were living in. How he saved you. How he got you through being a widow or a widower. How he got you through that cancer treatment. How he got you through that open heart surgery. He said, you thank me. You praise me. And God said, I will bless you when you are coming into my presence with thanksgiving. And look at verse 7. And the peace of God, here it comes, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts... And what's that next word? And minds. He said, I'll give you mental health. I'll bless you. I'll stabilize your life. And you know how he does that? He does that with the simple joy of serving the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, you find something to make you smile. You find something to make you laugh. I, I tell you what, I, I'll just confess to you, I still love cartoons. I know you find that hard to believe. But I do. Oh, I don't like these new ones. They're all animated demons and monsters, and uh, they're landing on a spaceship and swallowing the little kids. I, I like the Looney Tunes. We have a lot in common. And I, I like Roadrunner and Elmer Fudd. And I, I, I like Bugs Bunny and Donald Duck. And, and uh, I love old Wiley Coyote. He just doesn't ever give up. I like him. Uh, but I, I like those, and those make you laugh. And, you know, it's, it's good for you to have that. It's healthy. It actually is proven to be uh, something that makes us live longer and be happier is when we find those times of laughter. And sometimes you'll find them in the world, things that will happen around you. Uh, we were talking at 815 Church about things that's happened at church. That's funny. 
And I heard one the other day about a lady that uh, was, her children lived in another city and uh, her husband had passed away and the kids at Christmas bought her a pistol to have in the home, got her a gun box and all the safety things, but mama, it's just for security and we want you to go to that little school, get your concealed carry so that if you're out in the car by yourself, you can have that with you. And she went to the mall, and she comes out of the mall, and she sees these three men trying to get in her car. And she got in her pocketbook and pulled out her gun and said, y'all get away from my car. And she ran over, and then she jumped in the car and put her key in. It was the wrong car. Her car... There's a lot of other words in there I can't tell you. <laughs> oh, but sometimes life is funny, right? And I think the kids took the gun away, but, uh, <laughs> but, but it, it's funny. And sometimes it happens at church. And uh, Brother David Hensley and Brother Jack and I were fishing, and we fought a shark for three days. <laughs> and, and we had a, a, a funny story. Uh, that goes, and, and to hear Brother David tell about being in Vietnam. And he was sent to burn the trash. You got to get him to tell that. He was on the KP detail. And they had these five gallon jerry cans, and he was supposed to pour diesel fuel into the burn pit. That burns a little slower. He's standing there dumping five gallons of gas, five more gallons of gas, five more gallons of gas. <laughs> and then he said, when he took that book of matches and struck it, he said, that's the last thing he remembered. <laughs> he said it blew him all the way back, but he said the funniest part was his sergeant came up with all his eyebrows burnt off <laughs> and his hat melted. And he said he was talking about David and David's mother and other people in his family. <laughs> but, but you know what? It's life. And sometimes it happens in church. We were in the old church and dad was baptizing and we had a, a gentleman that was needed a lot of assistance and he, he was loved on and cared for by the church and, uh, and he kept insisting he wanted to be baptized and dad was trying to make sure he understood what baptism was about and what it meant and he kept insisting, he kept insisting and dad said well I'm going to baptize you Sunday so you bring a a towel and come on. That was in the old building. And somebody forgot and left the heater on all night long. And so we not only had warm water, we had hot water <laughs> in the baptismal pool. And so my dad brings him down into the pool and he says in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, buried with Jesus, resurrected the newness of life. And that old boy comes up and goes, <laughs> And lets out a big D word, and he says, wow, that water's hot. <laughs> well, I, I, I can tell you church was over. <laughs> but sometimes funny things happen at church, and we're just blessed, and we're there. Oh, Probably one of the worst pranksters that ever was in ministry was Billy Kelly. And he was the prince 
a prankstering, and he burned down everybody. He got everybody, every singer, every preacher. He got my daddy so many times. My dad would wait till Kelly was already singing for him. He'd go on the platform with him because <laughs> he'd hide his Bible or he'd get up to preach and his outline would be gone, you know, and he'd just look like, what, you, would you lose something, you know? And you got, you know, he was always pulling something. And for all of you that remember Brother Kelly, you know, he was very, very large and, uh, and he had real bad sleep apnea. And if he sat down, he went to sleep. It don't matter if he's on the platform and Jubilee's full of people. And they'd be shouting, praising God. He's sort of like my grandson Ian. He can just sleep right through a thunderstorm. <laughs> I mean, nothing wakes him up. He'll set three clocks and I won't even wake him up. And Kelly does the same thing. He just goes right to sleep. And he'd sit down, he'd check out and go to sleep. There he is. And, and you know what? And, and just as soon as they quit preaching or singing, he'd jump, it's Jubilee time, just like he'd been right in the service. He'd never miss a beat. He'd go right on. Wasn't that wonderful? Kelly, you didn't hear one word. <laughs> he slept through the whole thing. And he kept getting, he had gotten me really bad the year before, and then in a meeting we'd been in South Carolina. And so he fell asleep. The guy finished preaching, and he had always asked me at our Jubilee, who's the next group, you know, because he'd get up and do a congregational, then he'd introduce the next singing group. So he leaned over and he said, who's next? And I said, it's a new group from over in Tennessee, Rolling Stones, the lead singer's Mick Jagger. And he said, okay. He jumped up. We sang victory in Jesus. When we all get to heaven, he said, now let's make a big welcome for the Rolling Stones and brother Mick Jagger. I had to go to the altar, I know, I know. <laughs> and the crowd broke up. And then he looked around at me and said, you're going to get it. He knew he had been burned. But you know what? God's people ought to be happy people. And yeah, this is a sad old world, but we're going to a happy eternity. And, and we all have problems today. There's enough problems in this building to sink a boat. But let's give them to the Lord. And let's encourage each other and let's help each other. Let's love each other. And let's be a refuge from people that are in the storms of life and they're looking for a happy church and a happy people. People need that love. In Trinity, God's given you that great assignment. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for church today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for all that you've done. And Lord, I pray today that you would just strengthen us as we walk in faith. We're limited with our own selves. We battle our own selves, our own mental battles. And God, today, you want us to cast our cares upon you. You want us to trust you. God, somehow, can we get a hold of your promises? The promises out of the Word. The promises that produce joy. The promises that tie us together. The promise that binds us together as a church the promises that let us know that you're coming and it could be today. I pray, Father, you'd give us that joy in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Thank you for being with us today. I pray that today God spoke to your heart. You know, it's one thing to hear Ralph talk. It's one thing to hear a choir sing. 
It's one thing to hear a group bring a special song presentation, but it's altogether different when you're sitting there in that hotel room, in your house, maybe listening on your phone while you're at work, and God speaks to your heart. That's not me. That's not a Baptist, a Methodist, or a Presbyterian church. That's God. That's personal. That's you. And the Bible teaches quite clearly that when God touches your heart, when He speaks to you, that you can call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This Bible teaches that all of us have to have Him. You say, well, Brother Ralph, your dad was a preacher. My dad being a preacher couldn't help me. Well, you say your mama taught Sunday school and she prayed. That couldn't help me. The Bible says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, not me, not the Baptist, the Bible says that there's none righteous, though not one. Today is the day of salvation. You can begin anew. It can start over. The past can be covered by the blood. You can get out of living in your rearview mirror, the guilt, the problems, God can forgive you and you can start over today. You say, Brother Ralph, how's that possible? Well, a simple prayer is that very beginning. God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. And I promise you, God, from this day forward, I'll serve you with the rest of my life. You can begin again in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to read your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you call us, you write to us. We'll send you a copy of the Word of God. And I want to encourage you to get into a local church, a church in your community, that you can have a fellowship of faith that will help you grow and teach you about the Word of God. Today's the day of salvation. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Let's serve the Lord together and let's meet each other in heaven. I'll be praying for you and I ask you to pray for me.